In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. We are your hosts. I'm Kim France. And I'm Jen Romolini. And I have a little bit of news for you and the listeners. Okay. What, what is this news? <laughs> I'm in autumn. Uh, get the fuck out. <laughs> I can't I'm believe you did it. <laughs> well, I, I, I must admit, I only took a few online quizzes. <laughs> And I'm not sure how accurate it is because I don't know if I have ashy or warm brown hair. Do you know if your hair is ashy or warm or what color, what, what, what words like cool mean? See, I feel like I do, but I think it's easier for me because I dye my hair. I know that it is a golden warm uh, blonde, not a ashy blonde. I have a red ruddy complexion, so I know that I have a warm complexion. So I think that it's, um, I think it might be easier for me, honestly. Right. Right. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, but those words don't intimidate me, but I know that it's like weird to like figure it out. Well, I think I'm, I'm a little disappointed that I'm an autumn because those are like pumpkin spice latte colors. You know, they're just like not like when you think of like a sign that says pumpkin spice lattes are here in a coffee shop. It's like pumpkin orange. And yeah, the yeah, only yeah, one yeah, I yeah. really like is mustard yellow. Yeah. Mustard yellow. Is it was it also like warmer greens, like khaki greens and like. Yes, like, there yes, were some right? interesting neutrals. I could work with the neutrals. Here's the thing. Like, I think that actually, I think this is interesting because by the way, if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, if we have been talking about getting your colors done because our Facebook group will not stop trying to convince us to get our <laughs> colors done. Like it is just, it is like the most popular thing on our, fa- not necessarily. I mean, I think menopause shit go- does better and maybe hair dryers. Um, but, but the <laughs> colors have been very intense, this conversation around getting your colors. And I think what I'm realizing is that like, just like whether you're good at math or not, like 
colors are something that some people like need to be taught. It's just like a thing. And either you like have that a brain for color or you don't. And if you don't, then learning about them is like, is like blows your mind. Here's the thing that's interesting about me. Yes. Tell me. (laughs) This is the only thing. I can't, I can't dress. I don't know how to dress in colors, but I decorate with color. Like my home is very bright. Yeah. Your home is incredibly bright and always has been. Um, Yeah. Incredibly bright. I don't think of you as a person who doesn't understand color. I feel like I just, I don't understand it when it comes to getting dressed. Somebody in on my Substack, a commenter referred to herself as a dopamine dresser. Oh, interesting. Which I think is what you are too. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I wear a lot of color, but also it's because I am very aware that I look bad in neutrals. I look bad in creams. I look bad in grays, like really bad. Like I can just tell. And I look okay in black if I do a bunch of other shit around it, like red lipstick and stuff. But I I just have always looked bad in those colors. And it's obvious. Like I look so bad in them that like people comment like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) What people? Well, you know, like old shitty friends, you know, like, <laughs> you know, the, the the gay men in my life. You know? <laughs> I remember once at Lucky, you were wearing like, you know, really cottage core way. You were way early on cottage core. I've got to say. It's true. And you were wearing, you were wearing a very like kind of little house on the prairie-ish dress. Yes. And you had your hair in braids and I started to say something to you about your overall appearance and you were just like, like me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I was wearing braids as headband, which is a, which is a hairstyle (laughs) that I will wear to my, to my grave. Like, um, what is the movie with the older woman and, um, the younger man, the classic movie. Harold and Maude. Harold and Maude. Like Maude, I will wear braids at head, braids as headband until I die if I can. Um, yeah, no, the the color conversation is interesting, but I'm glad I'm glad you did it. Do you feel do you feel like it's helping you? <laughs> well, I am wearing, I don't know if you can see I'm wearing a Loden sweater today. I like Loden. Loden, that looks good on you. Thank you. Organic yes. by John Patrick. It's this brand that I love. They make beautiful, beautiful cashmere sweaters that are not cheap, but better than a lot of other cashmere. Yeah. You know what else I really would say is um, like, I've had my hair a different color once. I tried red for a very brief period of my life really? uh, and it was, it was not good. It did not look good again. My skin, t- it was just bad. And I didn't know what colors to wear with the red hair. Like I was lost. And I will say, I think that when people are going gray, getting your colors done is a really smart idea because you've been a certain thing for probably most of your life or some kind different things. And gray, I think that understanding what goes with gray hair, it it can get a little complicated. And, um, I think that that's a really good time to, you know, take all the online quizzes, or if if you're so inclined to go to the fancy consult, you know, people get a fancy consultation. (laughs) No, I agree. Were you around when I went blonde? No, that was right before my time. <laughs> oh my God. I was such a terrible blonde. And I just, it, it, I, I did the, the whole thing. You know, I just got lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter. And I went to one of those like hairdressers to the, you know, to the fabulous people who gives the same hair to absolutely every person. Yep. 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 And she gave me these highlights that had nothing to, I mean, they had nothing to do with my skin tone. She, it, it should have been illegal to do this to me. And she dyed my eyebrows. 
oh, fuck. Oh, God. Ugh, a double whammy. No, I mean, people don't know it. Well, first off, I my natural hair color actually weirdly looks bad on me. And it did early on. It was like, it's not quite brown. It's like a dishwater blonde. This is why I really have dyed my hair into adulthood. Because I probably, I'm Italian. I would have, I would have went brown. But I just did a big story on red lipstick in my whatever in my in my day job and this a color thing has been coming up a lot because finding your right red lipstick, right the right tone for your skin and it's like warm tones for, you know, warm toned skin and you know cool tones whatever. On my wedding day, somebody did my makeup. A friend paid for have somebody do my makeup. I've worn red lipstick my entire life. This woman gave me like a blue red lip that I will never forgive her for. It looked so <laughs> bad on me. I had a million red lipsticks at home that I could have used that would have looked better. And instead I had this very like intense in a bad way, red lip on my wedding day. And I'm still, I'm still pissed about it. And it's all because it was just one tone off. It was, it was not right for my skin. Yep. Yep. Lipstick is tricky. Most people should wear a warm red with like orangey undertones. Most people, people with deeper skin colors, people with olive skin colors, people who have cooler skin colors, which is not that actually that many people, but I mean, I guess it's a lot of white, white people should, uh, should wear cooler, cooler reds. Um, that's what I learned. Yeah. I, um, I think that when you get to be this age, my age, I mean, the, the red is not so good. You gotta go, you gotta go pinker. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. I've been looking at pictures of older women, you know, Dame Helen Mirren, man, rocking a red lip into her almost 80s. I think that you can do it. You just need to find the right, the right one, the right, right one for you. It's like, and the right formula too, because the formula has to be, because reds can be really, because they have to do so much to it. The reds can be really cakey. A liquid formula is probably going to be better. Interesting. This is all the shit I'm learning. I was going to ask you, how are you adjusting to your new job? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm fucking running ragged, having a full-time job and not clearing out the space all around me that it, like the book is still not fucking done. I am right now in this very piddly, fiddly, really bad for my kind of brain um, last stage of like, could you cite every source for anything you've ever said in the book? And I'm like, listen, I got that from like Auntie Flo's bird tarot site. Like, do right. you really? Like, like these are not facts. This is not like an academic, you know, tome. Oh, the, pa the part where you're talking about the bird attacking you? Yeah, the bird attacking me. There's a book that, no spoilers, but a bird attacks me in the book <laughs> right after right after I got fired for like two weeks, a bird just fucking attacked me every time I left the, the house. Um, so I have all these bird facts and they're not, they're supposed to be funny bird facts, but like somebody has decided that they have to be serious. And I'm like, listen, okay, I'll, I'll cite this in line worldbirds.com, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm running ragged. And then the other thing is, is that like, I live with a 13 year old and living with a 13 year old is like having a roommate with bad manners bad boundaries and no common sense. Like it's, yeah. It is and also the fucking 13-year-old has so much admin work. Like there's so much it's like we have to apply to high schools, but the 13-year-old is not capable of thinking out like 
the time management steps to like write an essay for high school. So it's just like, well, why do you want to be an artist? I don't know. You know, it's like... just the I'm doing the admin for two people chasing down ADHD drugs like I'm a fucking like you know drug smuggler so that's and doesn't it make you feel like you're a crazy junkie to go to the pharmacy and be like tell me you have Vyvanse it it makes me feel crazy also they just keep switching mine so it's just like I'm having all these different like side effects the straight Ritalin just makes me sweat like an animal I do feel like a drug dealer and then I also feel like a junkie when I'm counting them out and I'm like how many do I left I feel crazy I've had to split them in half you know it's terrible the last two days I've taken like my full dose and Mm. I'm like what are you crazy what are you nuts you know, know what's on the other end of this. I, I do think it's getting slightly better. Maybe. I hope so. Um, should, we, should we talk about something very sad? Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I wanted to talk to you about Matthew Perry. It made me really sad. Oh, yes. Let's talk about it. First off, I just want to say that I love you. And I just want to say that. And I love you so much. <laughs> Just wanted to interrupt for a second. I was, you know, it's funny. He said, I saw a video of him, some social media video of him saying, people will be shocked when I die. If I die, people will be shocked, but not surprised. And that was exactly how I felt. I was shocked, but then I was not really surprised. But it's so sad. Yeah, I felt it too. You talk. No, it felt like, you know, he. It, I, it made me think again of something I've thought many, many times, which is that there is a real spectrum when it comes to addiction. Yeah. And some people just have it so much fucking worse than other people. Yeah. You know, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. was the same way, and he somehow got out of it. That's because he was in jail. Because uh, honestly- the the rehab sometimes the only rehab that works is incarceration. Like I think that like yeah. Matthew Perry never went to jail, and sometimes Matthew Perry that's never went the to one. Jail. And he also I could be wrong because I have no facts, but you know there are you know there are rehabs and then there are rehabs. You know there and I I I do kind of think that for a certain kind of addict, if 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 your rehab is too cushy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he spent seven million dollars on rehab. On rehab, so he was. Uh, yeah, he was going to the nice ones. He tried, but he tried everything. Everywhere, I'm sure he tried all everything. over the world, and I'm sure he did. And the thing is, like, who even knows if he had relapsed or his body was just broken from all the drugs? You know, like, I know. who knows if he just had a heart attack and drowned? We don't know yet. And like, he had played two hours of pickleball in the morning, like. You know, from they hadn't, they didn't find drugs on the scene. It wasn't like he was like shooting up or anything. Like, who knows? Like, his, he like destroyed his whole body with drugs. Like, it was surprising that he had even lived through what he had lived through, you know? No, I think the first line of his memoir is something like, My, my friends call me Maddie and I'm supposed to be uh, dead. No. And like, look, I, it's just sad when a contemporary dies too. It's just like really hard to see these like yep. Gen X people go. It's just like, this isn't, we're not ready for this. Yeah. No, it's really true. It's really true. I mean, I, 
Yeah, it just makes me sad. It makes me so sad that he, and it, it is like an object lesson in the fact that money buys many things, but it does not buy peace of mind and happiness. No, and fame, and fame actually is, is a detriment to happiness, I think. You know, I mean, one of the things he said, and like, imagine being him, right? You're going through this hard time. You don't look great. You look like you've lived all these years in a really hard way, which you have, and you're chased everywhere. There's just like, you're going to get a cup of coffee and like, there's like a daily male story about you that what a slob you are you're going to rehab and you know it's just like no privacy around your struggle and i think that for him it was just this overwhelming self-loathing and then he got injured and he had painkillers and he was like whoa i love numbing out and then he just had the money to just get whatever he wanted forever yep and there, there's no limitations on that. If you just, if you haven't solved the core self-loathing and then you kind of like, re, I mean, you know, I, I don't know, man, it's awful. And you can make, and when you have that kind of money and that kind of fame, you can surround yourself however you want to. Yes. You can surround yourself with people who only tell you you're great. Yes. You know, you can, you can surround yourself with people who never second guess you and who kiss your ass. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, I think that is awful for people in addiction to have, because the one thing you need when you're in addiction is the one person who's going to be like, it's time to slow your roll. And real accountability, which if you're yeah. famous, you already have a skewed understanding because, because let's face it. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit last week, like anyone like people will just have sex with the famous person just to, because they want to have a story about having sex with a famous person you know but yeah I, i've been around enough famous people to see how they are yes yes constantly and how they are coddled and that is like the worst thing for an addict because an addict you know you have to face down you have to face it down who you really are and what you've really done and i'm not saying he didn't do that i think he had some real reckonings with himself i don't think not feeling like a piece of shit was his problem you know yeah. but i think it was probably still easy for him to get drugs no matter what but i'm not saying he had a relapse who knows i think maybe he might have been sobriety it might i mean this could have been like a this could have been like a actually a peaceful death you know, he was in a hot tub. Maybe he's looking out over. This is Alex's. Alex wrote an obit about him and said, you know, it's it's nice to think about him having some peace at the end. And it, it's not implausible. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, he really could have. Well, it's easy to lose. Let's just say this. It's easy to lose the thread no matter what in life, especially if you have a certain kind of brain. If you have a certain kind of neurotic, if you have a tendency toward all kinds of things, depression, overthinking, neurosis, you know, whatever, neurodivergence. And then if the thread is skewed because of fame and wealth, I don't yeah. know how you get it back. No, I don't either. I don't think you can. I think that it takes a really extra human effort. I mean, it's, it's, I've been thinking about this lately and I just, I just did this Q and A with the fuck girls. It was on the, um, the girls who do go fuck yourself. And I asked them what they've learned about fame and all the years they've been doing this. And both of them were just like that. I don't want it. Yeah. No, I don't want it at you all. You know, it, it looks like it, there are so many moving pieces that it's such a, it's such a shit show and your life is never your own again. And, you know, Heather, one of them said like, I'm getting older. I like that. I can go to the drugstore anonymously. Yeah. Imagine never being able to, I mean, like, I know you love Ben Affleck memes with his coffee, but imagine being 
going out to coffee and having someone there, leaving your house, having someone there. No, part of the reason that I love Ben Affleck, and again, for context, if anybody doesn't follow me on Instagram, I often run, a, I, I run a Ben, basically I run a Ben Affleck account, um, <laughs> an Instagram account, because I am obsessed with Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck legitimately hates being famous. I've never seen a person and like, it's not like a whiny he hates. He just hates being famous and he's bad at being famous. He, I really do believe that Ben Affleck just wants to do the work. And also right. I think Ben Affleck knows that he's average. And I think that he's fully aware of the fact that he has been like sort of over promoted for his skill and talent. I think that he is a thinking enough person that fame is terrible for him. Also a person who has struggles with addiction. And I feel bad for Ben Affleck. Like, I don't know why he must really love Jennifer Lopez because like, imagine the thing that is the worst for you, which I think fame is for Ben Affleck. You just find, you embrace it. The person you love represents all of the thing that is wor the worst for you. And you just yeah. see them going to these parties and she's just like, yeah, this is great. I love being famous. And he's just scowling in the corner. I've never seen a man walking into a party with a gift look less uh, less happy. <laughs> like, well, I th I th the Justin Bieber often looks very unhappy. Yeah, yeah. When he's accompanying his, but yeah. Yeah, I think if you don't like being famous, there's a thing you can do about that. I mean, I think that people step away. No, and there, there kind of is. But then like there is, but then you can't really work anymore because you have to promote your work. Nobody gets away with not promoting work. You have to be a whore. Yeah, I'm right, even a fucking right, writer. Right. Like I don't, I'm very self-conscious. I, I don't like people knowing me, but like I have, to, I want to be able to do creative work and doing creative work, even at a small scale requires you to like, just to, to slut around, like slut around with yourself, you know, but hi, look at me, here I am. And yeah. like, what is Ben Affleck going to do? Like go work at a Dunkin' Donuts? Like his life is like, you also reach a period of fame. You either have to go in hiding. Yeah. Like he's internationally, he's internationally famous at this point. Who do you think is like a really, like we used to talk about this one I wrote for Spin, like people who were good rock stars and people who were bad rock stars. I think Jennifer Lopez is great at being famous because she loves it. Yeah. She loves it. You can tell she loves it. There's, she never leaves the house with a hair out of place. She, she's nice to paparazzi. I mean, maybe she's mean to people, but she's nice to paparazzi. At least from, she understands the game, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when they had all these bad stories about the two of them fighting and him slamming car doors, like she clearly made him show up on a Sunday afternoon to a packed Los Angeles pumpkin patch. I saw that. Yes. With this like terrible Lebowski sweater on like that she clearly picked out for him and it looked autumnal. And you just see him walking through the pumpkin patch like they're hugging and kissing and he's holding a pumpkin over his shoulder. And it's just like Jesus Christ. But she knows that that's going to get picked up in parade in Us Weekly and everywhere else and like tell like how in love they are. Like she knows right. how to do it. But like who's actually living the famous life I would want? Uh, McConaughey. Yeah, he seems to have a pretty good life. He he seems to like have it down that he's not that he gives enough that it's enough and he doesn't make them care about it. Like I think the key is also not being a a two-person famous couple. Like I think you have to uh -huh. marry marry a normie or your father right. Matt Damon even, you know? True. But I think marrying a normie would also be would make it very hard sometimes. Although Seth Rogen, my boyfriend Seth Rogen, married a normie. Yes, yeah, he's oh, he is a great famous. He seems like he's having a great time. He yeah, he does seem like he's having a good time. Yep. 
and you know, don't, don't, don't be a dick. Don't, don't be a dick to women. Cause that's going to come out. Don't have any addiction problems that are going to come out. Like don't, you can't be a flaw. You can't be a mentally ill person or like flawed or like you can't like be being famous, like requires like some real steel, I think. Yeah, it does. And, and, and also you can't be mentally ill. I mean, look at poor Britney Spears. Oh, God, poor Brentley. Uh, though I have not yet listened to that book. I cannot believe, I cannot believe Oscar winning actress Michelle Williams reads that book. I can't. I know. <laughs> I, I, I've been too busy to read it, but I can't wait. I mean, to listen to it. I cannot wait. It's like, I, I, it's like a pleasure. I'm, I'm like wait, s- saving for myself. I can't wait. You know what? You're absolutely right because I have no real desire to read that book, but to listen to that book could be really quite something. I mean, three ghostwriters wrote that book. Can you imagine how much it went through? And like three very like highly regarded literary writers wrote that book. And so one at the same time or just one gave up and then the next one took it over? Well, the time story and nobody confirmed this, but the time story I read that the the first person who wrote uh, the first writer, the first pass was Ada Calhoun. And then Britney Spears was not psyched that 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 was not her voice, apparently. And then. I'm forgetting the name, but it, like a uh, a younger, like in his 30s, gay novelist came in and like did the second pass, and then like some veteran, um, veteran like ghostwriter, celebrity ghostwriter came in and did like the third punch up. So I mean, it was it must be a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a quick break from some ads, and we're back. Speaking of which, Julia Fox has a new book. Oh, yes, yes. Which people are saying, which people are saying nice things about. And I remembered when she gave an interview that everybody made fun of because she's like, yes, I'm working on my book. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, no, I'm interested in reading. I'm interested in reading that, I guess. I mean, there's a little part of me that feels like a memoir like that at her age, like maybe wait 10 years. Yeah. You know? No, you can't. I mean, it, it can't be a memoir with any real perspective when you're as young as she is. But, you know, she's young enough to remember all the good stories. Yes. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. 
But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hia Sera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hia Sera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. That's true. Although I remember the good stories. Oh, speaking of books, my book is available for pre-order. I feel like I should say that. I <laughs> Yay. Yes. Yeah, say that. I was literally in the middle of writing a Patreon post last week. And like, I looked up the book because someone had asked on the Patreon about the cover. And so I looked up the book to, to see if I could find the cover online. And I was like, oh my God, it's it's not coming out until June. I cannot believe that it's available for pre-order now already. Like things just time makes no sense anymore. Like this is, no. we, we're not even in the year that my book is going to come out. But anyway, it's available for pre-order. This is not the last time I will be talking about this. Apologies, everyone. I'm going to have to talk about it a lot as just discussed because I'm going to have to whore out for my book. But you know, it's a good book. I'm proud of it. It's a very good book. Um, Speaking of things that I'm loving that I'm not really speaking of, but if we want to talk about this, I've been trying a lot of expensive skincare, as you know, um, but I don't mm -hmm. know if I talked about this last week. I'm really liking Cindy Crawford's hair and skincare line. Did I talk about this last week? I can't remember if you talked about it on the podcast or I saw it on your new Instagram. I don't I know I can't either. remember, but it has... You have covered it in one of those venues. Well, let me just say, I've also tried her shampoo and like, I can't get, I cannot get any of these hair growth shampoos to work. Like if I'm not using Nutrafol, my hair is thin as fuck. Okay. But her shampoo, this meaningful beauty shampoo that's supposed to be for mature hair, um, it's really lightweight, which is actually exactly what you want when you have super thin hair and the conditioner's mm -hmm. good. And like, I, I really like it. So anyway, we meaningful beauty by Cindy Crawford. And she also has a really good, um, night cream. That's just like a really, it's just like a solid lightweight, no scent night cream that I think's as good as, you know, drunk elephant, honestly. Huh? I think things are bullshit. The more I'm getting into this, the more I'm like, oh, this is all bullshit. Well, I mean, it is uh, so much of it is bullshit. And 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 there is not there is not a field that sees 
like a higher markup than beauty. Yeah, no, there, there's really not. And um, I will tell you, I've been trying also the menopause products and I came across the worst shit. It's, I have no offense. And I've said this on my Instagram, but no offense to Naomi Watts, but the, her badge of honor, which is basically a serum for your vagina. <laughs> Wait, it's called badge of honor. It's called fucking badge of honor. It's by stripes. I can't even get the, I can't even get the pump to work. Like it just, nothing comes out. But when I tried it, first of all, I looked the whole thing up. It has like hyaluronic acid in it. It's a, it's a serum for your vagina. It's supposed to be a vagina moisturizer that you can get the same fucking result in coconut oil, but it's a serum for your vagina. It's like, come on, <laughs> stop insulting us. Is it supposed to make, I mean, it's supposed to like help with moisture and things, right? Or it is, is it just supposed to make it like look prettier? I think, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's anti-aging. It's supposed to, um, hydrating and revitalizing. (laughs) I wonder if it actually does anything. I mean, I look, I put it on my hand and I was like, this feels like nothing. This doesn't, cause it doesn't even, it's fine. It's like, not like you'd be, like I said, you'd be better using, better off using coconut oil. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't, you don't need a serum for your vagina. Like it'd be nice to not be dry, but there are non-drying products. I think, you know, it's like I said the other day about um, the beauty editor I knew who said, who didn't like facials and said, if you need something with your skin, go to the dermatologist and get it done correctly. I feel the same way. Like I, I, I would rather get estrogen cream than some product that hasn't been proven and just has stuff in it. And I, yeah. And I understand that, like, I mean, somebody wrote me and they were like, not true. I'm itchy. And I was like, okay, I, like, I'm i itchy and dry down there. Okay, great. Like there's a myriad reasons why your vagina is itchy and dry. Okay. And like some doctors should tell you why, but coconut oil, most gynecologists that I, friends have gone to, or I know, like if your vagina is itchy, just grab a fucking vat of coconut oil that like ha- comes in like a plentiful portion, not this like tiny little fucking yeah. serum and, you know, put it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. This is the dry vagina podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, there's something really cynical about it. There's something really cynical about the fact that all these menopause beauty, like that, that menopause is getting a lot of attention, you know, or or has in the past couple of years. And that a lot of it has to do with just these product lines, these celebrity product lines that, that don't move the needle meaningfully one way or another. And there's something about putting like, it doesn't bother me, like just a beauty product that doesn't move the needle that doesn't offend me. We've been dealing with that. But when you like mix science into it and act like it just, it's, it's cynical, depressing. Well, it's cynical also because women at this age are so vulnerable and desperate in some ways because they're experiencing things they've never experienced before. It's a shock and a surprise. Nobody's talked to us about it. We don't know. We're like, wait, what is this? Why, why does my ear hurt? Like, it's just like nothing. May, why, like my tongue is on fire, whatever the hell it is. Like, And so it is cynical because you're dealing with such a sort of vulnerable population of people who are so hungry for information and relief. And to profit off that, 
just feels really wrong to me. Like I would rather see someone like Naomi Watts holding up a Trader Joe's virgin coconut oil and being like, yeah, I have a dry vagina and this is working for me. Let's like normalize menopause without having to profit off it. And that's the other part of it. Like, can we be frank about menopause? Can we actually talk? Like, that's what I wish these celebrities were doing. There was actually, oh, where is she? Um, The prime minister of some country. I think a Northern European country, a place like Denmark. Okay. I I believe you. I'm not going to make you cite a source for this. (laughs) Thank you. But I I was reading an article because she mentioned that she's going through menopause. Mm -hmm. And so it was an article about like, well, you know, if you think about it, like Hillary was probably secretary of state while she was going through menopause and Angela Merkel was probably going through menopause and- like Michelle like, Obama's talked about going through menopause as first lady, like having hot flashes, like at state dinners and shit. Well, imagine if everybody talked like that. Yeah. You know, like it, in, we could very quickly like get rid of this generation's old, like fear and suspicion and inability to be frank about menopause. Th- th- that's it. That's it. And just like, that's the thing. There are real solutions for these issues that are not heading into Sephora, you know, like, right. and that, because then the solutions become out of reach. Then we've then wealthy, you know, and let's say it to wealthy, attractive, thin white women, again, co-opting a thing that everybody needs help with. Right. So now we're making the solutions inaccessible and that's fucked yeah. up. The solutions that aren't even really solutions. Exactly. Exactly. And we're kind of making the conversation or like, we're making the conversation inaccessible in a way, you know, it's like, anyway, I, I, I'm very disturbed by it and I'm going to continue to, to be an asshole and call in these products and then talk shit about them because I, I can't, I can't help myself. But I think the headline here is don't name a product badge of honor. Just don't ever name a product badge of honor. Vag of honor. Just don't say vag. Just don't say vag. It's just so grody. It's so grody. Um, What else is happening with you? (laughs) Oh, I have a couple of recommendations, a couple of TV recommendations. Oh, please. I have not been watching TV. Tell me, tell me. Okay. On HBO or Max, I should say, there's a show called Starstruck. I think it has two seasons. I just started watching it. Okay. And- it um, is about this regular woman, you know, I think she's in her 20s or 30s, and she has a one night stand with this guy and it turns out he's a movie star. Okay. Okay. So wow. it's that's about- cool. like, That's a cool premise. It's like she didn't realize it. She had no idea, but he's a movie star. And so it's about their, like them getting it together and not getting it together. So that's mm-hmm. one. And then the other one is called Flowers and it's on BritBox. Okay. Um, and it stars Olivia Coleman and other British people who I don't know who they are. And it's about this very eccentric family. You know, she plays the wife, the husband and Mm -hmm. wife are on the verge of like a divorce and the kids are like 25 years old and twins and weirdos still living at home. It's just a really good like pack of weirdos and very amusing. Those both sound really good. I haven't seen, I haven't, I haven't heard of or seen either of them and they both sound really good because mostly I feel like it's like a TV desert right now. It is a TV desert right now. We have things that didn't come out in the fall, like Abbott Elementary, which I adore. 
because of the strike. Grey's Anatomy, which I'll Grey's Anatomy, which I'll watch until I'm dead. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it's in like it's in season ninety-seven. I'm just like I don't care. There's nobody even here anymore. Gr- Meredith Grey's gone. It doesn't even matter. It's- yeah, is is anybody still there from the original? It's like. It's like ER. Yeah, there's like two. It's it should just be called anatomy now. It's just <laughs> like <laughs> Oh my god. I am excited to see which I think is coming out this week. Um the uh, Sofia Coppola movie on Priscilla Presley. I've heard different things. I've heard oh, really positive I've heard really positive things and I've heard it is like slower than molasses. I mean her movies can be hit or miss for me to be to be honest and she can be hit or miss for me. She did it she did a like what I'm buying now or whatever for the cut like what I can't live without and it was the most pretentious shit in the world. I was like come on Sofia Coppola like you could you could give us something that's not your brother's like bag line or whatever. It was like it, it was it was a joke but um I, I don't know. Visual. I loved that book. I read Priscilla and Me when I was a child. I mean, Elvis and Me, the Priscilla Presley book, when I was like a child, whenever it came out, when I was like 11. And I've, I've since like reread it three times. It's a, it's an excellent book. Like the what the movie is based on, the source material is excellent because she wrote it when she was young enough to remember all the stories, but old enough to have a little bit of wisdom, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a, it's a, it's a really good book, and she's a very compelling figure, I think, Priscilla Presley. Yeah, I mean, she met Elvis when she was, what, like 15? 14. 14. 14. What a, what a life, man. What a life. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't let anybody do anything like that today, but, you know. Speaking of movies, Meg Ryan has that new rom-com coming out. Thoughts? Yes, it was actually on my list of things to discuss today. And then I deleted it. I was like, do we really need to talk about this? But yes, I watched the trailer. Yes, it's Duchovny, right? Is it is it Duchovny? David Duchovny. And she directed it. And I think she wrote it. And it like t- it's it's two former like you know lovers from when they were in their 20s who meet each other in a small regional airport that has closed because of a storm and they're stuck together for 24 hours. And, yep. Yep. You know, she starred in enough romantic comedies to kind of know what the good patter is. You know, it looks like it'll be amusing. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny to imagine rom-coms at this age, right? Because it's funny to imagine them as anything but kind a little bit dark because yep. think about like your understanding of love, like when you were watching rom-coms in your twenties and thirties, it was just like love, you know, like, ah. yeah. and even like David Duchovny is like, and both of them, like uh, in real life, I've had such complicated love lives and like David Duchovny, like, you know, I'm a sex addict, Tay Leone. I think that's his story. I think he's one of those, I'm a celebrity sex addict, get me out of here or whatever yep, the fuck yep. it is. But I was thinking about how much like when I was younger, if I heard that somebody cheated on their wife or, you know, the opposite, like I was like, oh, cheating. Oh my God. You know, like clutching my pearls. And now I'm like, oh, everybody does everything. Like (laughs) there's zero that could surprise me at 50 years old about somebody's relationship. Like it would really take, it would really take like a sex dungeon to surprise me at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, And so imagining a rom-com with a realistic rom-com with older people, with all the baggage we have coming back into relationships. It's hard to, it's hard to think about it outside of like, there has to be a little bit of like darkness to it. 
Yep. Yep. Yep, Does that make I sense? That. I'm like, go, I'm like, kind of, I'm kind of going in circles, but I, I feel like I, I feel like I know what I'm saying, which is that love is more complicated as at 50 than it was at, at 20, obviously. Everything's more complicated at 50 than it is at 20. I mean, a lot of things make themselves very clear. Yeah. You know, you know, there's a lot of clarity when you're older. Can we talk about being a little older though? Because I've been thinking a lot about the fact that, and I know this is not a new topic, but I will be turning 60 in less than six months. I just had that thought over the weekend. I was going to call you and be like, what are we going to do for your 60th birthday? I can't believe you're turning 60. I can't. I, I, can't. <laughs> I can't believe it either. I mean, I was thinking about these people who lived down the street from us when I was growing up in Houston, the wilds. And I was thinking like, that was 55 years ago. Like that was 55 fucking years ago. Like- we were closer. Paul said this to me the other day. What was it? Like back then we were closer to world war one. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, then <laughs> it just, it's, cra it's crazy. So, so I, I, I have been thinking about that. We have been talking about a party. Okay. I, I, I do think maybe live band karaoke with a really good oh, stop. band. That's amazing. I will not sing, but that's amazing. Will you come? Of course. Of course I come. Of course. <laughs> I, like, are you crazy? That's I would come trip. to anything of yours. I've, shut the fuck out of here. Um, of course I'll come to your birth, your 60th birthday party. I like, I can't believe that you are 60 as my friend. I can't believe you're 60, but also as Kim France, my, my hero, I can't believe you're 60. I can't believe you're I can't believe like as my 15 year old hero, I can't believe you're 60 and I can't believe you're 60 as my, going to be 60 as my friend either. So I can't, I'm really, I'm, I'm having a harder time with this than you are to be honest. <laughs> it is. Well, you know, I'll hear sometimes from people on the sub stack who will be like, oh, you know, be still my 15 year old heart, you know? And it's like, I think they think I didn't grow up. Like I, I just stayed the same age I was as sassy. Well, I mean, <laughs> kind of. I mean, as we've discussed, you and I are sort of perpetually, we're like in resin. We're like a, a adult children. Um, <laughs> um, no, it's, it's, it's hard to fathom because it's also hard to fathom because 50 and 60 did not seem young to me or did not seem young to me my whole life. Like my kid the other day was like, well, you know, Matthew Perry, but we, we talked about Matthew Perry dying and my kid was like, well, he was really old. And I was like, kid, he was 54. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when my dad died, I didn't realize he died at 49. And at the time I was like, I, it didn't strike me as shockingly young. I had no perspective. No. Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, how are you feeling about it though? For real? I feel, I mean, I really do think every birthday is a reason to be grateful now. I really do. I've yeah. seen enough. I've seen, you know, we've, you know, Matthew Perry, you know, enough, enough people die young, you know, and people in my own outer, you know, my own larger world who've died. Yeah. You know, I haven't had any yeah. close friends die, but I feel really grateful at the same time. I, I, I feel like, you know, I, I'm now eligible for some senior discounts. <laughs> no, like not. being people I've been Googling, like when do, when do you become a senior citizen? And a lot <laughs> of people that it's, it's like 60 is the cutoff. It's a very different, I mean, 50 didn't really bother me. 50 I could handle 40. I can handle 60. 
I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm going to be it. My life is in a good place, but 60 is just, it's a little old for some of my shenanigans. Yeah. 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 The, the, the frivolous fuckness of, that we, that we share, um, the shenanigans that like running from adult responsibility still yes. the, like, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's that shit. That's what gets me is that I'm still pulling such ridiculous shit at this age, you know? And, 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 and I think I'm an adult. I think I act like an adult, but I, I, I certainly do not always. No, but you know what? God damn it. It's still the thing of like, I think that's kind of in some ways what keeps us young. I don't know. Like the, 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 the like there's, cause there's also a little bit of defiance and brattiness in it. I mean, it's yeah. like, oh, fuck off. I'm not doing that. Fuck off. Fuck off. No, that's too grown up. Fuck off. And then, and then, you know, and then I'll be 70 and I'll be like, what happened to your 401k? And I'll be like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck off. Speaking of 401ks, did you see that Condé Nast is laying off 5% of their employees? I did see that. I did see that. And 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 um, seeing as my husband is now an employee again, oh God, that's Condé right. Nast, <laughs> I, 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 I was not, I, I was not thrilled to see it. Um, no, it's a bummer, man. Everything's broken. Everything's broken except every media is broken except, except honestly, Kim France, Lucky Magazine. If Lucky Magazine existed today, every single one of those things that we sold people would have an affiliate link and every single thing would be a kickback. That magazine yeah. was so ahead of its time and somebody should honestly relaunch it because it was the smartest shit and it, that's the thing that works now because the internet is really only used, I feel like, for buying shit now. That's yep. that's my whole, my whole theory. Um, so yeah, no, I saw that, and it's sad. Condé Nast, you know, it. God, God love them. God love Condé Nast. Long live Condé Nast. But you know, I, I don't. I, I did see that, and I was like, where, where is publishing going to go? You know, what's going to happen? When they talked about the reasons why they're having to do this and the reasons why they saw a decline in profits, it doesn't sound like there's any good answer for for publishing. There's just for, for magazine publishing, certainly there's just, there's nothing they can do to remain relevant. Well, but yeah, totally. But the, the, okay. And so, I mean, and Twitter and that, and X, whatever that like ugh, gross milky jerk off. I hate him so much. <laughs> milky. I, he's, he's so milky. He's like milk he glass. Oh, I can't stand him anyway. But I saw that he changed Twitter. He changed X. So now when you go to post an article. It just shows you this weirdly cropped image. There's no headline. So you don't even know that somebody's sharing a, an article. And I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of how are people getting news anymore? Mm -hmm. Where do we even get news? Like NPR has been underfunded. Nobody's watching local news anymore. I don't even know what local news is. And local news is owned by the far right, like in so many cases around this country anyway. Media can't exist because advertisers can't get dollars because you can't get enough eyeballs because the the some for some reason the mechanics don't make sense anymore you cannot the, the, you can't make money in media yeah so what i mean you know beyond like Condé Nast and like fashion information and like, you know, fun culture tappity tap you know i want i want to get a music review or i want to know about a new tv show where do we get actual news about things that are important and this is terrifying to me because 
where? Well, you go, people Google shit. And some of the shit you Google is reliable and some of it isn't. But Google is, Google is for profit too. You know, everything's for, and Google is like serving up the, you know, the highest bidder. Whoever's yeah. going to pay the most for to Google and anybody who's playing by Google's algorithm rules. It's a, it's scary. It is a, this is a, a scary, scary time for a number of reasons. Um, but, uh, I'm going to talk about something else before we, before we get out of here. I have reached, uh, peak midlife crisis sartorially. And I'll tell you why. You ready? Yes. I bought a pleather jumpsuit. (laughs) (laughs) You did not. I did. I did. I was like, man, I've been really thinking about leather pants. Already a bad move. Like we have, Alex and I have a friend who said like a person with leather pants has no friends, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But I, uh, I I was like, you know, I've been wanting a pair of leather pants. I was looking around. I was like, I should just try a cheap pair, you know, pleather. I'm obviously not going to get real leather. And then on the gap, I was like, is that, is that a vegan leather jumpsuit? That looks like it's for me. I ordered it. And then like my heart, like my stomach dropped. I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm 50 <laughs> years old. I'm going to be wearing a trash bag with a belt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I make some bad choices too. You never make a bad choice. You have a classic and lovely, lovely uniform wardrobe and you always look good. You never do a dumb, you, I I rarely see you do a dumb fashion move. You asked me of our puffer recommendation the other day and I was like, how about this one with pasta on it? <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> Because I thought I thought I was being really like I was leaning into color because they were like, actually, I think really cute puffers that have that are gingham. Yeah, cute. Sure. Jen was like, (laughs) I I can top you. I can top. I can top. No, you want you want weird. I got it. I got it for you. No, I just I can't I can't help myself. It's just teeter into clown forever. Um, All right. Listen, it is we have done this for 50 full minutes. Do you have another topic on your list? Or shall nah, we? I think that I think that um, we we really we we covered it all. We covered it all. Everything that was on my list. All right. I mean, I feel I feel as though we really have covered quite a few midlife and beyond bases today. You know, we got we got your vaginas in. We got the <laughs> death of a we got the death of a Gen X icon. I mean, I think you know pleather jumpsuits. Yep. Yep. We got a vag badge, vag of honor, vag of honor. We got, we got in that, you know, your colors now. And by the way, I've been staring at you for an hour and this color is really good on you. It really is. It is is nice, isn't it? It really is. You look great in this green. Thank you. So I guess, I guess we're, we're hardcore. Get your colors done now, people. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to everything is fine. We're your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. If you like the show, please rate and review it across the platforms, especially Apple Podcasts. It really helps people find the show. It makes a difference, I think. Although I don't even know if we're like, listen to us if you want. We love you. We're glad you're here. Nobody else has to. Um, If you want to support the production of the show, this is important. Please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash everything is fine. We do monthly uh, bonus 
episodes there. I blog there. We also do live events there sometimes. It's about $3 a month, less than a cup of coffee, patreon.com. Everything is fine. Um, If you want to follow the show on social media, we have a robust and private Facebook group. We're on Instagram at EIF Podcast. You can follow Kim on her Substack, kimfrance.substack.com. You can follow me at Jen Romolini's Vanity on Instagram, where I recommend beauty things every week, sometimes every day, depending on how I'm feeling. Our show is mixed and edited by the wonderful Natalie Rivera. I am sorry we're so late this week, Natalie. We love you. And we'll be back next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.